0: Hello, Uh, this is uh, Bookish Talk uh, again, uh, one of Hyperbindings' podcasts, Mm -hmm. and uh, we uh, started a series dedicated to the bindings uh, made for the shortlisted books of the Booker Prize uh, this year, and today our guest is uh, Kate Holland. Uh, uh, Hey, Kate. Uh, My co-host is uh, Pavel. He joins us uh, from Moscow, as usual. Hi, Hi, Pavel. Well let's let's talk about the binding of the book uh, the the uh, the book you you've made the binding for was uh, the promise uh, by uh, damon galgut or, or mm-hmm. i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing their the name uh, correctly that sounds good. but uh, uh well that's that's the book that uh, won the prize and uh and you've made made the binding for it. I I, I saw some photos of the process uh, on, on your Facebook, and I guess on, you know, on Instagram in the first place. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, that, uh, as usual, some amazing photos and some amazing uh, things you, you've been doing there, but we want to learn, learn about it from you in the first place.
1: Oh, no. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me, as always. Um... So, the, the, do you want to talk about the technique or the 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 imagery or the or just everything?
0: Well, just everything. I don't know. Maybe starting with the moment when you when you got the the, the commission, when you when you yeah. found, found out that you'll be making a binding for this uh, this book, and uh, how, how so the,
1: obviously to? the the first thing we've got to do is read the book. So that's always um, an exciting time because you can do it guilt free. You can just sit down during working hours and read a book. Um, and it's a story about a white family in apartheid era South Africa so in the mid 1980s. And they have a, uh, the mother of the family is dying and they have a black um, servant, maid servant, and the mother on her deathbed promises the uh, house on their plot of land to the black maid servant. But it does not get passed on, mainly because at that point, black people couldn't own property. And so then the next, so it's basically, it's, trans, um, it's following the family through their deaths. So as the mother dies, and then, and I can't remember now, the, the order of who dies for next, but the, the, the son and the daughter or the, the husband. Uh, but each time some of the family member dies, it's another decade on, and mm-hmm. still that maidservant not, does not receive her house, and that promise is never kept. And it's it's following... South Africa as it's going through that sort of tumultuous political period, um, but looking at it from a sort of microcosm of a, of a white family who are blatantly racist and open about being, you know, you know, the language that they use is really quite shocking to us nowadays. Um, and the final scene is, is almost brought up to date and the daughter offers the maid servant, uh, she's called Salome, the house and she's just like it's too late you know i've i've woken up i've i've realized that you know you guys never even realized who i was or you know re- didn't even know my name or didn't you know so it's um but it's told in this wonderful sort of narrative of it's like a sort of film it's like a cinematic experience so the the narrative moves from one person to another or it flies in as a ghost or it's a hyena or it's a, it's not you know it's it's a really really lovely subtle book it's not obvious you know and it's not it's not particularly angry or political or it's just telling the story but you understand what he's trying to tell you anyway I hope I've explained that
2: and yeah, and is uh, the dramatic landscape that you feature uh, on the, uh, on the cover uh, central to uh, uh, to, uh, to the plot, or, or is it just the setting? Why did you stop on this particular? Uh, it's, very,
1: it's very central to the plot, in that the the farmstead where the family live is is set in the South African veldt, the high veldt, which is the grassland, um, and um, and then there's a particular, uh, the copy, which is the hill behind the house that the little girl runs to and all the t- she's always trying to escape from her family and go to the hill. And there's also on that hill, there is a lightning tree and she as a child was struck by lightning. So that's a very sort of central theme that they keep the author keeps returning to within the book. And also the grass is a very central theme. He's always talking about the grass, the sound of the grass as you walk around it, the sound of it moving the color of it so a, a lot of the um imagery that I used in the book is is around that you know that huge landscape that you get in South Africa the big skies and the the thunderstorms that come in from nowhere and and I just love that I've always wanted to do something with yellow and gray I just love that combination of colors so it just fit quite well and and I'd been looking at Pierneef paintings as well I mean, Sort of a year or two ago completely randomly who's um I can't remember, I think it's Jacob or anyway, I can't remember his Christian name, I'm afraid, but he's a very, very famous South African artist. And he does a lot of these big wide landscapes, distant hills, big thunderstorms rolling in. Um, So that was the initial uh, inspiration for it.
2: And what are those uh, black and white photographs that you used?
1: So the black and white photographs are taken by a very well-known South African photographer called Gideon Mendel. And within the book, there's a fairly pivotal moment where the son who's on conscription is white. He's a soldier and he uh, has shot a black woman who's picked up a stone and is about to throw it at him. And he's is the guilt that he suffers, and then he becomes an alcoholic and a drug addict, and you know, and then it goes down. Everything goes downhill from there. But that pivotal moment, and I was just researching, and it was particularly it was in Atteridgeville, which is a township in South Africa. It was in 1985, and um, I was just Googling. You know, you you read the book, and then you Google around. I'm like, you know, it'd be nice if I could go and pick up books and look at books, but it, obviously, you know, the the internet has. Not all of the answers, but some answers. And um, and I came upon this image, and then there was a white soldier holding up a rifle about to take aim at a black woman who's picking up a stone, about to throw it at him. And I just felt, God, the the, the author must have seen this picture. It was quite a well-known series of photographs. So I actually then had to try and get hold of the photographer, and he is currently traveling around the world he's a very big climate change activist and so he's been photographing the wildfires in greece and the floods he's got a very famous series of flood victims where they're all sort of up to their necks in water and and so i was trying to get hold of him but he's obviously in the middle of you know wherever and then i was complaining to my husband i, was, I can't get hold of this guy i need his permission he said oh i worked with him last year on a, on a film and, and i've got here's his mobile number and so that was that was Great, so I managed to a get permission and be, you know, confirm that this was exactly the right time and place for that for that um, for that uh, imagery.
0: That that's amazing how it works. And uh, uh, by the way, it it uh, sort of brings us to to one of the topics that we wanted to discuss on our uh, podcast for quite a long time. Well, it's uh, not not the proper place, I guess, for, to to discuss it in full today, but uh, the. Uh, issues of copyrights and uh, uh, proper use of uh, visual uh, materials in your bindings, because mm-hmm. that's something I, I see book ask from time to time, or the, uh, I see book do without really knowing if they have uh, uh, rights or uh, ability to use some imagery or something like that in, in their designs. And uh, uh, well, as you described, you need to, you need to get a permission uh, if if there is a photo or I don't know any any drawing or anything like that. You need to get a permission because it's a copyrighted copyrighted material more often than not, and uh, yeah. uh, that's that's a serious issue. And uh, well, if you are making a book for yourself, obviously, and not for sale, nobody will will find find it no nobody will see it or or not not enough people will see it and uh, that's uh, that's sort of okay, but if you are making something. uh, that's uh, openly uh, shown exhibited, uh, sold or something like that you definitely need to
1: definitely have a responsibility to 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 credit and i quite often i'll take images from picture libraries, where you pay the licensing fee and then you have the the use of that. um, but uh, quite often, as well, you just, um, you, and people, are, artists are very helpful and they are happy, generally happy to have their images used as, as long as they're properly credited. And I do increasingly use contemporary photography within my uh, bindings because quite often you can find political themes that are still going on today that were going on in the past. And um, I did it with uh, the um, Grapes of Ross, you know, the take a a contemporary image which shows that there's still starvation in central California valley today and with through migrants nothing's nothing's changed Mm
0: -hmm. but um
1: yeah but yeah you've got to you've got to to cover yourself
2: and how do you acknowledge other artists uh, works do you include some kind of a uh, uh, byline in the book itself or is it only on the we- website what's the best practice here
1: maybe in the sort of catalog description I would do I don't include it in the book but I do with with each book I do a, a binder's um, description so that will is a separate piece of paper and it will have the you know the description the the, the thinking behind the design anything like any sort of copyright or artist's permission that I need to include and and it's also good from the point of view of, you know, in the future, if the book falls apart, or you've used something that maybe degrades it quicker than, than something else, or then conservators will know what you've put into it, um, so they know how to fix it.
2: That's another thing uh, that uh, all the conservators we talk to always mention, that document your bindings, yeah. document everything about uh, what you do, because uh, that will ensure its uh, longer life.
1: Yeah. I'm obviously trying to try and use, you know, acid-free and best quality materials and all the rest of it, but sometimes you want to, I've used, I probably shouldn't admit this on in public, <laughs> that, you know, I use like car body spray on, on the edges of a book, and I actually saw it the other day, and it still looks absolutely fine, but, um, you know, that was 10 years ago, so it's, <laughs> it's still there, but yeah, it's, it's, um, I know one blind who says he 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 uses whatever he get hold of it because then that giving conservators work in the future, you know if we.
0: Yeah, definitely. Can you talk uh, talk us uh, a bit more about uh, uh, through your probably initial creative process and how you how you decided to use uh, the materials you used and uh, mm-hmm. uh the I, I also wanted to wanted to, to ask you to talk more about the uh lightning bolts uh about the lightning because i i saw the videos on, on your instagram how you um tooled the lightning lightning uh, and i guess uh the way uh it, it was tooled is uh the reason for for its its look because it's it's not a not a Uh, Even the surface, it's a sort of uh, uh, connection of of smaller pieces, so it's all together, millimeter by millimeter or something like that, so uh, could you please talk about it?
1: Sure. Um, Well, um, I I generally do use foil for um, tooling. I I I can use gold leaf, but I find foil is obviously quicker and simpler and every color under the rainbow, Um, and it gives you the freedom to choose whatever color you want and whatever effect you want. So if I was for say, for instance, that lightning bolt, I would um, draw the whatever shape I want onto Japanese tissue paper. And then I lay the foil on the leather, Japanese tissue paper on top. And then this is my, my top secret tip, which I'm gonna tell everybody, is you uh, take masking tape, just old white, masking tape and you layer it all over that the image so you can still see the image through the masking tape mm-hmm. but when you put the tool on it the tool flows but it's not stilted it flows quite smoothly over the masking tape and you so each so each little jagged angle is one impression of the tool so you're moving your hand as you as you change direction and and i like the the handmadeness, and you know that each impression is purposeful so yeah so you take each each um tiny little so I've got a, a several tools that I've made and they vary in in thickness and in length and I find the sort of the shorter they are it's almost like you're writing with a pen but it's it's about a sort of three four millimeter long tool mm-hmm. and um and so you following the line I then would take off the foil and the tissue and the uh, masking tape so to reveal what i've got is and you should have most of the foil tooled image on your book there but it will then need sharpening up
0: mm-hmm. So I then
1: use a yeah just the foil and the tool and, and uh, visually just place the tool in in the image to to get a better um, impression and i'll probably do that two or three times so that it's a clean line
0: I guess if you if you just used a, a metal plate uh, to to impress these uh, this, this design, it would, would have looked absolutely differently.
1: It'd be completely flat.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and
1: that texture is is a whole integral part of, of the the look, definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It changes the look absolutely. So uh, that's that's. And you uh, and
1: you get as you move it, you get you know the 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 different uh, surfaces as they. Um, uh, you know the different angles of the surfaces the light plays on it, so if you had one flat surface and the light's just hitting it in one direction, you don't get the same um, you know interest
0: so how much how much time did you have to spend on on the lightning on the
1: lightning bolt, <laughs> it's probably about a day or so of of going over and over and yeah until you've got it just how you want it, yeah. Um, I probably spent more time sanding leather though than anything on that book because um, there's one giant scarf joint going across from the yellow and the gray. Mm-hmm. So the gray is a sort of dyed fair calf and the underneath is first offset dye uh, printed um, and then it's mono printed and then it was dyed and then it was chamfered and then it was they were glued together and then they were, shaved off from the back so that it becomes one piece does that make sense um it's a lot going on in in something that looks really simple
2: what about the uh, what about the grass both on the cover and on the uh end paper
1: mm-hmm. that's mono printing
2: uh, what's that
1: so um i um i think i talked about this before i have a real issue with the fact that i wasn't allowed to do art at school and so i've taken myself i do printmaking evening classes and i was taught how to do mono printing and i said like, oh i can use it. this is great my first book i was using this technique and you ink up whatever it is that you want to print with so i have some grasses out in my garden you lay them on a plate you ink them up you then print With that, you then take off the inked uh, grasses and you lay them onto a paper, and that's a second print that you can make with that. So they talk a lot about bodily, um, what's the word, effluence. So piss and shit and puke, as quite a lot of that is going on in the book. So the M papers were dyed to look like that. I wanted them to look quite um, bodily. and then printed the grasses on top. So it's, I mean, it's that same color, but then you're left with this other plate with, which is the sort of uh, negative um, of that plate. And that's what was used to print the yellow grass uh, on the outside of the book. It's a fairly simple process. I don't know if I've really explained it very um, succinctly.
2: Uh, but it it can only give uh, one impression
1: yeah uh, so, it, so, there,
2: so so it's very so it's unique and it can't be anything but unique
1: yeah yeah and once once it's done once you printed with it once that's you it, you have to start all over again
0: and what's about the tree because it it also has this pattern of, of leaves or some or something how, how do you make the tree
1: that, so that is a uh, matte black foil I started with. And then um, I've got this brilliant stuff. There's a, an artist called Stuart Semple and he produces this, um, it's a matte black acrylic paint and it's the, the mattest blackest paint available on the market. He also does the mirror, most mirror-like paint or the glowiest paint or the pinkest paint. And they're, they're really, so I'm not, I don't work for him. I'm not advertising on his behalf. But, um, <laughs> Um, so there is a really, and so I paint that in and it's matte black foil and matte black, matte, matte black paint, and then tooled over the top as well to give that texture.
0: Wasn't it, wasn't it uh, he who had this sort of feud with the person who holds rights with Anish to, Anish the, to Black blackest black or something yeah. like that? Yeah, <laughs> that's that.
1: When you buy any of his paints, you have to sign a form saying, I am not Anish Kapoor and I'm not buying your paint in order to copy it.
0: <laughs> that's, that's, that's an amazing story on it's <laughs> uh, own. So,
2: so you are using a, a blacker paint than Anish Kapoor does and you also use the same diamonds uh, that Damien Hirst used.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> go with the grades.
2: <laughs> and and what what about the uh, the book edges you also painted them in uh scatological colors
1: yes scatological is a good word thank you <laughs> yes it's 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 bodily it, it um yeah it's not obvious but I, and now i've told everyone it is
2: um, because my my first reaction was that it's uh, the burnt out uh, c- color of the weld. I imagine something like uh, at the height of the summer. It probably looks like uh, uh, like that.
1: Well, it's 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 both, isn't it? It's the same colors. It's the yellows and the browns and the
2: yeah. So all in all, the whole process took you how long?
1: Well, we got the book. We had about six weeks to do it, but in that six weeks, I also had two weeks of teaching and kids off on half term for two weeks, and so my my actual time that I was like could do any binding got got shorter and shorter. But so it was quite tight at the end. But it's yeah. So it's probably about two or three weeks full on. Probably yeah. It's quite an intense thing, the booker the booker because normally when you're doing a binding you know you have time to sort of you know you'll get your creative juices flowing and then make make prototypes and and then make mistakes and then go back and so it's a really intense period of of, and you've got to get it right you haven't really got time to um and i always try and seem to do something completely different you know not it's not like you know when you're you're told when you have a dinner party you must always cook a meal a dish that you've cooked before never try something new on your guests and I have this problem with the Booker Prize. I always seem to do something completely new that I've never done before. Um, so yeah, I, I set myself
0: challenges. So which which parts were uh, completely new this time?
1: Oh, I'm trying to think. Actually, now having said that, which bits were new? Uh, probably <laughs> probably the, the, the scarf joint, and then and there was a sort of triple back paired onlay, mm-hmm. um, and it was just getting it uh, marrying it up and getting it absolutely flat. But I I have done books which are four books all hinged so that they come back sort of fit back on themselves as a sort of a, 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 like a star mm-hmm. and another one yeah it's yeah it's not the time to try something new
2: uh, so uh, by now you've done quite a few uh, of uh, a book of bindings is it getting uh, uh easier are you getting more confident in your process
1: um, well that's I suppose yes, I'm getting faster, which is very useful and I remember the times it took me a whole year to do a design binding so but you know you've got to get quicker in order to make a living and um, so yes and I and I think the actual technical side of most of the technical side I'm fairly okay with now and it, it that having the technical side sorted frees up your creative side. so you suddenly have, You're not worrying about how I'm going to sew the M-band, you're actually thinking about what colours am I going to use or what different effects can I achieve by, you know, you're not actually just concerned about the minutiae of the the technical side of things. Uh,
2: When we uh, discussed Mark Cochrane's binding, uh, we asked him about the Financial part uh, of the process, and he said that uh, it uh, uh, it pays well, but not well enough. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
2: that for uh, for, uh, for the involvement that you uh, uh, that you need for the process, it's uh, it's more of a um, reputation thing. That uh, wh- why do you do it basically? It's yeah. it's
1: an honor, you know. You do things. People get you to do things cheaper because you should be really, really honoured to be part of whatever it is that they're asking you to be part of, and it could be deemed to be a bit unfair getting artists to do things stuff cheaply because um, it's such a big, exciting, big name thing. And yes, you get some good publicity from it, and yes, you can, you know, boast about it, and you know, but it. It's it's less money than I would charge a private client.
2: Yeah, and when uh, you when you say, uh, when you say uh, reputation recognition, in what circles is it uh, in uh, purely among your colleagues or other other uh, um, people in the business, say collectors or se- uh, booksellers who follow uh, 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 that kind of work?
1: Well, it was interesting this year, really for the first time, the Booker Prize actually made a bit of a thing about the book bindings that you know that, that these were being made individually for the authors and they had a whole on their website there's a whole big um, section devoted to the book bindings normally you go to the book Prize and your books be there on a plinth uh, but no one's looking at them they're all down the other end drinking champagne and patting each other on the back and um, so yes yeah, so it's it's maybe some people outside the bookbinding world will have noticed i don't know it's um, am you know we're still waiting for people to outside the bookbinding world to notice us um we keep keep shouting
0: <laughs> okay hopefully this will happen uh once yeah. <laughs> but uh, i I also we, we, we asked uh, uh, mark a tricky question and i also I also wanted to ask you a, a, a different tricky question. I don't know maybe it's Thank not you. tricky but uh, uh, is it uh, is it customer that uh, the person who is offered to to make a booker ba- binding uh, agrees so that's is that an offer you can't refuse or is it uh, of, does it often hap- happen uh, that a person uh, refuses and uh, the the designer bookbinders have to look for another person another uh, bookbinder who will make this binding? How, how does it work? If you know about it, if you if you don't know. So, that well, the
1: the process of being chosen is first all, we have to be a fellow of DB, and then every year it's put out to the fellows who would like to be involved. In the Booker binding this year, Mm -hmm. and I don't know how many people offer up their services. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, from whatever that pool of people who've offered, the six are chosen by um, one of our fellows who works very closely with the Booker Prize, and she is the one who decides who gets what title. Mm -hmm. And I haven't got had any. I've never heard of anyone refusing a title. You know, saying I don't want that one. You, you can express an interest in ones that you like the look of before she makes the choice. Um, but yeah, I'm very glad I got this one because it, it's just a really interesting book. And uh,
2: I, I think one of our guests told us uh, uh, that uh, they uh, read a few of the books in, in advance and they always uh, uh, guessed with at least one of them that it will be on the list. Uh, did you yeah. read anything in advance?
1: Well, I I I listen to a lot of audio books because you can read and work at the same time. So it's really I probably listened to about four or five, and actually, The Promise was not one of them. So, uh, so you know, <laughs> I don't know, so I've I, you know I've listened to lots of books, but and and gained lots of knowledge of of Booker Booker nominated books. But um, yeah, none none of any use to the work I had to do.
0: Okay, I see. Uh, I guess I guess we'll uh, we'll, we'll finish our podcast uh, somewhere, somewhere here. I, I only wanted to uh, ask you uh, about your you know c- current state of affairs, classes, uh, how everything is going after COVID. Is it getting better and better? <laughs> and uh, um, probably we will talk about it during our holiday special. And I'm not sure which one will be published first. But anyway, uh, how's it going for you?
1: yeah good yeah yeah no lots of lots of commissions uh teachings pretty much back um i was just been at west dean yesterday um yeah and no, then we'll we we got to wear masks if we're moving around but other yeah. than that that's you know it's pretty much back to normal
2: and kids are no longer home i assume uh,
1: kids kids are back at school great so yes <laughs> i had to do, i had to do yeah home education as well as you know, I didn't stop working through the lockdown, and, and we had home education, and yeah, it was busy, let's That's say. <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> okay, good, great, great, good to hear that, um, and uh, I hope it will only get better, you know, from now on, and uh, um, yeah, the this stuff finally, you know, comes to something, some some stable situation. Uh yeah. Well, Thanks a lot, Kate, uh, for, for Pleasure, joining us today you. and for talking about this uh, amazing binding, uh, the, the, the book that won the, the Booker Prize. And uh, um, I hope to see you next time on our podcast. Well, we definitely will see you during our uh, holiday special, but uh, well, yeah. to talk about some, some other bindings or some other bookish things. Um, As usual, many thanks to all our viewers or all the members of our community, especially to our Patreon patrons who help us with their money, uh, because thanks to your uh, pledges we can pay for Editing of these videos and uh, without your support, we wouldn't be able to do that, so please check uh, the link below and uh, probably join the crowd on Patreon, pledges start with only one dollar, one euro or one pound, depending on your country, but we would gladly accept uh, higher pledges as well, (laughs) so feel free to do that, and uh, uh, subscribe, like, I don't know what else, and see you next time, thanks a lot, Kate.